Welcome, everyone. This is a very special mini episode of our podcast, Mass Media Hysteria. My name is Chris. I'm with my co-host, Andres. Howdy. Uh, ordinarily, we have episodes dropping every Monday with our fearless leader, Court, uh, <laughs> leading the charge. He is not with us today. We, just due to scheduling reasons, both Andres and I wanted to sit down and talk about a very special issue that, that's very close and dear to our hearts. Uh, Andres, what would that be today? We are giant Godzilla nerds who have been fans since we were kids, and... King Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong just yeah, came out. Yeah, you gotta you gotta separate the two. One one is the classic from 1962, the other is a brand new um legendary pictures one. But yeah, Absolutely. um Andres and I have been massive fans that we've bonded over talking about Godzilla for for many years. So we just wanted to make sure that both of us had the time to kind of just gab about Godzilla. Uh, I said mini episode, but honestly, I feel like both of us could talk about this topic for hours. So we'll try to keep it. We'll try not to ramble on um, for too long. Uh, but yeah, this is the latest movie in um, legendary Warner Brothers Pictures, MonsterVerse, uh, essentially starting in 2014 with Godzilla. Uh, then he had Kong Skull Island in 2017. Godzilla King of the Monsters in 2019, all culminating into the Avengers-style Batman v Superman-esque matchup. Uh, again, this is a rematch um, from the original Toho film from 1962, Godzilla versus King Kong or King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, I don't know. I was looking forward to this uh, massively for, for years when they first announced it. Uh, where were you coming from going into this movie, Andres? Were you excited? Were you hesitant? Uh, yeah, no, I was very much excited. Uh, anybody who's really a Godzilla fan that knows about the original from the 60s, it's a classic, but it's the one rematch we've always wanted for like decades, you know. Right. And so, yeah, I was I was excited. This is really bittersweet for me, too, because I saw it at home. Uh, every Godzilla movie that's come out in my lifetime, I've seen in theaters. This is the first time I saw it at home, and I don't, I'm not big on going to the theater but it's bittersweet no i can feel that um yeah ever all the ones that have been released at least theatrically in the united states like i've gone and seen it as well um obviously there was a there's plenty of uh heisei era films that came out in the 90s that didn't get theatrically released here but it's all right my i'm i'm with you and and it's not only just that it's like for continuity sake or for um whatever of seeing things in theaters is that this movie uh just seems like the it if there ever are a, if there ever is a movie series that demands to be seen on a big screen i feel like it's a kaiju film it's a giant monsters movie you want to see the scale you want to see it represented and even if you have the biggest best tv and sound system at home it it just i don't think that it could compete with being in the theater to watch exactly like yeah yeah you need a monster-sized screen to see monster-sized action exactly um yeah so it is a bit bittersweet um but another thing that kind of to lead into this is that i feel like the majority of godzilla films that you and i have seen in our lives has been on tv so there's you know what i mean like from the classic show of films we haven't seen that um it, you know, we haven't seen that in theaters. At least I haven't. Have you? Have, has there been any sort of retro theaters that you've seen playing those? Because I would check those out in a heartbeat. 
I've never made like a conscious effort to keep an eye out, but I might now, you know, because it would be great. <laughs> oh yeah, do I mean seeing an actual like what thirty-five millimeter print of of something like the original Godzilla versus King Kong? That'd Hell be yeah, awesome. yeah, um, yeah. Do you remember like when or how you got into Godzilla as a franchise? Yes, actually, do tell. Uh, I will tell the story. I was about seven years old. I we had a blockbuster near the house. We always used to rent. You know, parents would let me pick one or two movies. Uh, I would always go straight to the horror sci-fi section. I was terrified of everything as a kid, but I still kept going. Yeah. And I remember there was the VHS. That's how far we're back we're going. 1994, folks. Ooh. I am getting up there. Uh, <laughs> So it was the box cover for Godzilla versus Biolanti. I'd never heard of Godzilla. And I just, I was like, what is, uh, what's this about? Mm-hmm. Rented it. I was in, it's a, it's a Heisei film. It's one of my favorites to this day, even I'll admit. Um, but mm-hmm. once that happened, it was like every week we'd go back and I'd get a new Godzilla VHS. And then, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was an experience. Nice. No, that's, that's awesome that you have like, such a, a specific memory of that um it's yeah because like godzilla for me is it's it was one of those things similar to star wars in the sense that i don't actually remember the first time i watched it i think my, my oh. fam my family just like introduced me at such a young age that i wasn't even <laughs> retaining memories at that point it was just like oh yeah godzilla has always been a part of my life um but yeah i grew up in the 90s as well and we grew up in an interesting time because the 90s you had you could go through the Showa era. We should probably explain that real quick, what, yes. what we're talking about. So for people who aren't massive <laughs> Godzilla fans like us, um, there's essentially, I would say about now four, would you yes. say four or five, including the the legendary pictures well, eras? Well, do, let's, you, oh, go ahead, sir. If you, uh, technically, yeah, there are five, but if you're going just based on the Japanese one, then there's four. Okay, yeah, and those are, um, right, starting from, um, essentially, it was eras of Godzilla films that were released during certain times in, in Japan, um, yeah. and they're separated by different, you know, titles, different eras. So the Showa era, which were the classic Godzilla films, starting with 1954's Gojira, going mm-hmm. all the way up to 1975's Terror of Mechagodzilla. Yes. And there's uh, 15 movies in those. Those are the classic ones that I think that ask your mom, ask your dad, if they, they think about Godzilla, it's it's got to be one of those, you know. It's, Absolutely. It's, Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they're fun. The, I just got a sometime a few months ago. I got the Blu-ray Criterion Collection of the Showa era, and they're all phenomenal. It's, oh, it's yeah. everything you want. It's the the cheesiest of the special effects, the goofiest of the Godzilla costumes, the goofiest of the premises. Honestly, like all the plots and everything. Oh uh, yeah, but it's just like it's the golden age of Godzilla. Then in the um, starting in nineteen technically nineteen eighty four with the return mm-hmm. of Godzilla in the United States was released a year later nineteen eighty five or just Godzilla nineteen eighty five that was the beginning of the Heisei era which ran from nineteen eighty four all the way through nineteen ninety five's Godzilla versus the Destroya which is oh, an yeah. awesome name um, the Heisei was really interesting because. They, they had Godzilla 1985 that was released theatrically here. Then they had Godzilla versus Biollante, which was an, I believe, HBO 
had had yeah. exclusive rights of it, which is kind of weirdly going full circle in a way. I thought that while watching the new one. <laughs> um, but for years, they they the rest of the Heisei films, they they weren't releasing it in North America. Yes. Um, it really only wasn't until around the 1998 TriStar release of the American mm -hmm. Godzilla that they were like, hey, we could capitalize on this. So they, that's when they started releasing, um, you know, movies like uh, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah from 91, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, uh, Godzilla versus Destroya, like we said. Those started coming out on, um, on VHS. And those yeah. were my jam as a kid. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I love... I loved all of it. And like I said, we started off with the Showa era, but there was something about the Heisei that that I think you'll agree was was felt in this new movie, which we'll get into in a second. I'll stop with the with the preamble. But we, I I love the Heisei era so much. I think it might be my favorite of the eras. It's definitely my favorite too. It just it was. Um... The Showa era got goofy after a while. They were really marketing towards children towards the end until it got really bloody got weird <laughs> yeah uh but then yeah the, the heisei era they were they were trying to be very serious and what also helped was you know we're talking mid 80s to the 90s that was like mm. the peak of practical effects and everything just looks so amazing in those films yeah and even kind of the uh special effects like the godzilla's atomic breath and every every enemy pretty much in the heisei films had some sort of ranged beam attack. Well, almost, almost yeah. all of them, besides Violante, I suppose. Um, and so they they looked better because if you if you go back to the show of films, Godzilla's atomic breath in some movies literally just looks like someone just drew on the frames of the film with crayon, and it's like yeah. that's not really impressive. But in the Heisei eras, it was much more impressive. Like you felt this force, and it looked it looked cool. It looked you know at least on par with I'd say the lightsaber effects from the original star wars trilogy mm -hmm. so yeah good it's it's like i, I get 80s sci-fi vibes out of it even though it goes into the 90s it, mm. it it just had that 80s quality to it just that awesome 80sness yeah it definitely where it yeah I, I completely agree where the the special effects are are quite good i mean the the model effects and in the the costumes are great and I would never tell anybody that it's like, if you're an adult watching it, you're going to be uh, fooled and you're like, oh, this is lifelike. Or is is this real? Is this a documentary? Like, you're going to obviously tell that it's special effects. Yeah. Um, but man, just the design, the le like the creature designs, it's, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, and so that, of course, leads into the third era, which is just uh, known as the Millennium Era or the Millennia. It's Millennium, right? With an M. Millennium, yeah. Um, started in 1999's uh, Godzilla 2000, which was released 2000 in America, but it was what? It was just called Godzilla 2000 Millennium in yeah. Japan? Yeah. yeah. It was 1999. Mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of a retaliatory effort after TriStar's film. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the infamous Matthew Broderick-led 1998 Godzilla film, which was not a success uh was critically reviled and just kind of uh, akin to sacrilege uh, seemingly in japan they they hated it obviously because ja uh, godzilla is such a huge pop culture icon there. yeah um and they just deviated so far from it i kind of have a, a soft spot for that film uh just mm -hmm. because i was i was quite young when it came out i remember seeing it in theaters with my dad um 
and I liked it. I mean, even as a kid, I could I could obviously tell my like, oh, go. This looks nothing like Godzilla that I know. But yeah. you know, but I loved it. And um, watching it with the past few years, there's a bit of nostalgia for it. It's not good, but I I have I have some fun with it. Do you do you kind of agree with that? Uh yeah, I've no. softened my stance. Um, uh-huh. for me, it was my first uh, cinematic cynicism. Where I was oh really? Nineteen ninety eight. I saw it in theaters, and it was the first time I was like, "Wait, Hollywood can get things wrong." Wait a minute. <laughs> and then the following year after that, we had uh, the Phantom Menace. Oh no! And I was born. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> the, the cynic that you know and love today. Yeah, uh, I think I was just like a little too young. Um, I was around like six or seven, I think, when, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, when the '98 film came out, and it was it was cool. It was like you know monster film, yada yada. So I I liked it, but yeah, there was definitely a period, not much longer when I when I came to the realization, I was like, oh, this wasn't a good movie. <laughs> Phantom Menace was also not a good movie. My life is a lie. It was a pretty existential yeah um but yeah just to just so um we we wrap this seg- segment up essentially it, from 1999 was godzilla 2000 uh all the way up to 2004 it was the shortest of the eras so far uh yes. ending with godzilla final wars essentially it's what started out as like you said sort of a retaliation to the american film and just kind of being like hey godzilla's back godzilla's real don't worry about the american one didn't result it resulted in some quality films i quite liked the millennium era uh for the the turnout that they had but it wasn't that financially successful even in japan there seemed yeah. kind of like a decline in interest for the character um for some reason what do you think that what what do you think that was i can't figure it out either because yeah I've, I've watched millennium a few times and very interesting fun films the uh the effects are a little more stylized and less realistic, like the Heisei era before uh, it. But um, I mean, that's what I like about it, though. It's they they went bombastic, and I my biggest appreciation is the fact that you can tell if you watch. Uh, I just rewatched Godzilla two thousand recently. Um, mm-hmm. They were really starting to experiment with digital effects. I mean, yes. they'd always done it, but in that film in particular, there's like shots where they've got like, they've superimposed Godzilla into uh, a shoreline and they're moving the camera. Mm-hmm. It doesn't add up. It, it doesn't track well, but you're still, I have an appreciation for that. It's like, hey, you guys tried at least. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I don't know why Millennium doesn't, doesn't do well. Um, yeah, it might have just been, you know, trends kind of come and go. It might have just been a, um, a just kind of oversaturation. Because like I said, for us, you know, we we had been years since Godzilla films had been released uh, theatrically. In fact, there was never kind of like a consistent time when it was being released. But for Japan, it was like, okay, they just went through the Heisei films uh, from the 90s, you know, it was consistently through the 90s. So I can imagine from like 1999 to 2000, yeah, they're like, the, they've been there, done that. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, maybe they just felt like there wasn't enough time in between the two eras. And to be fair, I mean, 
Godzilla versus Destoroyah. It's that's a very dark. I mean, it's a tragic film. Is it spoilers to reveal what happens? It's it's twenty six years old at this. Point. Okay, yeah. uh, Godzilla dies an agonizing death throughout the entire film. He dies on screen. It was very controversial too. I appreciate that they did it. I mean, it was very bold to kill your on screen character in mm. such a way, but um. You know, that was 95. You go forward only a couple of years with the TriStar film happening, which wasn't accepted well. I can kind of see people being like, yeah, okay, well. Uh. Plus, you know, you also had the Ultraman franchise, which had continued going. It started around the 60s. Mm-hmm. It didn't go. I mean, there was a bit of market saturation, I could see, yeah. Oh, for sure. And around that time, there was... Uh, arguably um, some superior kind of kaiju films that were also released in Japan, which was the uh, Gamera trilogy. Oh, yeah. Which is phenomenal. Guys, honestly, if you're, if um, I, you know, Gamera started out as as sort of a a clear knockoff of Godzilla from the 60s to the 70s and 80s. And it had an even cheaper budget than a lot of Godzilla films. So he was kind of a joke. Like it was mostly just for kids, but there is a, (laughs) seriously yeah even more so than than godzilla to an extent well well the reason i'm laughing is because they were marketed towards kids but they were like twice as gory somehow yeah i there's something it just that's an always an interesting thing watching those films because they there must seeing like slight cultural differences or is fascinating to me how it's like for in america the idea of having that much kind of blood uh, in violence in in a kids program is like unheard of even you yeah. know especially at the time but i guess in japan just because just seeing the godzilla films and the gamera films they're pretty bloody so maybe there's just sort of like a more acceptance like maybe japanese kids are just tougher than us and they're like it's blood everybody bleeds yeah you know what I, mean? I don't know do you get that vibe because i've noticed that too it is bloody but it's everything else is so silly oh yeah even going this far back i mean I'm an Ultraman fan myself mm. uh, as well. So it's like Ultraman had some pretty bloody moments and it was, that was a show that was geared towards families and children. So yeah, yeah they're more explicit over there, which is yeah. fascinating and wonderful. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's cool. Like cultural differences, which, which I find fascinating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, speaking of kind of like, Oh, sorry. I was just going to quickly say the the point I brought that up was that the trilogy, the Gamera trilogy from the nineties, Oh, yeah, completely turned that around. And it was it really was like the Heisei era of Gamera, where it was much more serious. The special effects are terrific, actually, like fantastic, really good and dynamic, too. Like there's a lot of like dynamic shots uh, kind of framing the monsters even more so. It was even more kind of cinematically shot than a lot of the Heisei films uh, of Godzilla. Probably because, I mean, Heisei... I don't know what the timeline is, but I do know the Gamera films, they came out after the Godzilla Heisei era wrapped up. I don't know if it's the same people, but it could have been like a lot of learning was done in the process. So yeah, no, because those films are fantastic. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Because the Heisei Godzilla films ended in 95, and that's when the first Gamera film, Gamera Guardian of the Universe, um, came out. I love that movie, but there's just this random side note but there's a moment at the end of that movie where Gamera essentially spoilers he saves the day but in (laughs) in Tokyo he saves essentially one city and then the characters are like Gamera guardian of the universe I'm like all right let's 
one city on one planet in one solar system a universe protector does not make that's yeah. just a stupid quibble anyway check those out if you guys are interested in in kaiju films seriously get into it because it's it's a lot of fun it sounds super niche but i would always recommend it to people the gamma films are terrific like you um i enjoyed the millennium films regardless of kind of the the box office reception that they had in japan at that time there's a lot to like from them um and i think that they learned their lesson by kind of giving godzilla some breathing room it's similar to you remember how like you know disney started pumping out the star wars movies and people were like if you kind of keep pushing them out it's going to lose a bit of its luster you, you yes there's sort of like a an event an event factor of it if you keep it you know if you don't just release 15 in a few years people need breathing room yeah and i think toho um the original japanese studio that owns the rights to godzilla that that makes the japanese godzilla films I think they learned that lesson because they waited technically 12 years before they released another Japanese Godzilla film. And that one um, not only was is off, is kind of considered to be either the second best compared to the original or even better than the original Godzilla film, but it was also the, um, it's technically the highest grossing Godzilla film in Japan. Uh, it, it, won the Japanese equivalent of the Academy Award that year because yeah. it's it's the film, by the way, I didn't even say the title yet, is Shin Godzilla, which is absolutely phenomenal. And it really does earn all the all the praise and accolades that it gets because it's it's a it's a hell of a film hell going, yeah. going back to his Godzilla's roots of of not really being a corny sort of um kind of monster hero savior, but really being a metaphor for um kind of humanity's failures and humanity's mm -hmm. neglect towards uh you know fellow people and nature and everything um while the first one was much more about specifically about nuclear weapons mm -hmm. godzilla shin godzilla is much more about um political bureaucracy that's essentially yes. getting in the way of of um you know actually assisting you know the the government assisting the citizens, the, the citizens that elected them, that they're supposed to protect and defend and to lead and just F and drop in the ball. Um, oh, God, yeah. It's a hell of a film. And yeah, I think I, I know that you're quite a big fan of it as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, God, sorry. I did want to bring one uh, going a little bit back, just a bit for a second. Yeah. Millennium's downfall, it really might have just been like, because I know they didn't plan on making films that soon. They wanted to let TriStar, I think they were going to do a trilogy originally, and then TriStar's Godzilla happened, so they were just like going to damage control mode. So they did, they launched that series. Because yeah, they retired him in 1995, and they were just yeah. going to, but then, well, yeah. And then the rest is history. Yeah, it's, I... You're, you're absolutely right. The reason why it kind of went into, into that direction, essentially, was that the 1998 film underperformed. Now, I don't want to, I, I want to make sure because like, I, I, I find it fascinating. The Godzilla, the 1998 Godzilla film was not like a, it wasn't a box office disaster. I know a lot of people kind of, kind of attribute it to it. It, is, it technically made uh, about $380 million worldwide. 
Now that sounds like, oh wow, that's that's a lot, especially in the '90s. But considering that the budget was was you know close to 150 million, which was massive, even in the night for '90s especially, that was massive. Oh, yeah. It was just more of like the the cost versus the return. It didn't add up. So there was interest in the American Godzilla movie, and I think that a sequel could have made around similar money ish, maybe. But it would, like I said, just the the amount they spent on it for the CGI at the time compared to how much they were getting, they scrapped their plans for a trilogy. Yes. And um, it took, what is it? It took about, uh, I, why can't I do math right now? 12 years? Is it 12 years from 1980? Like, hold on, I'm 10? bad at math myself. 14 years, 14 years. Sorry, that's how long it took me to get that. So it took 14 years for America to, um, to take another crack at it yeah. yeah yeah and um so now it's it's no longer in the in the hands of sony it was no longer in the hands of tristar it was warner brothers uh working alongside legendary pictures uh for the 2014 godzilla film um i feel like at some point we'll get we'll get into that there's been enough preamble how about we just jump right into um the, the most current one that just came out. The reason we're here, the rematch, like I said, it started out in 2014. Now it's 2021. And um, it's the uh, Warner Brothers Legendary's pictures, Godzilla versus Kong. Yes. Um, Andres, quick, we're going to quickly talk about um, non-spoiler thoughts, just whether we, what, what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, recommendations. And then we're going to do a deep dive of spoilers into this movie. So, let me know what you like. Yeah, let let let's hear what your thoughts were about this. They finally knocked it out of the park. Ooh, knocked it out of the park. Yes, uh, all the previous American Godzilla films, they were getting better with everyone. I do not like 2014's film. I know mm. you're not a big fan. Uh, I rewatched King of the Monsters recently. It, it's I was too sideswiped by the, the film having characters to realize how dumb it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then this one, it was just like, oh my God, it's finally what we wanted. Uh, it, it addressed a lot of the issues we've always had as Godzilla fans watching it. Mm-hmm. It has other issues. We'll get to that though. But uh, overall, yeah, no, it was it was a very enjoyable film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I don't... It's the, this is going to be definitely a review. I'm sure people can tell that I'm going to try. This guy, I'm, of, I'm of two minds essentially. One is the big movie fan in me, the 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 lover of film and the Godzilla fanboy, and mm-hmm. they have some conflicting opinions going throughout. Like the 2014 movie, I don't think is a bad movie, but as a Godzilla fan, it left me wanting per, quite a lot. Same with the 2019, well, not same, but the 2019 Godzilla film had, like you said, classic monsters that we we like, you know, King Ghidorah, Rodan, Mothra, but it just, it also dropped the ball. And one of the big things was that what you want to do and what you want to see that Godzilla versus Kong did so well is you want to see the monsters. You want to see yes. them, like literally see them. And Godzilla versus Godzilla King of the Monsters from 2019 shrouded everything pretty much in just darkness, in in torrential downpour, rain, in smoke and debris and lightning. Like King Ghidorah brings like this weird smoky cloud with him wherever he goes. Yeah. 
and you just couldn't really see mm-hmm. any of the battles to the point where the the, the climax um which should have been awesome. It should have been, you know, everything you wanted to see. Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, and a, you know, with American budgeted special effects, Hollywood level special effects. Yeah, but you just couldn't see it. Like aesthetically, it just wasn't pleasing. It was a step up from what they did in 2014, where you're literally watching roaring in the darkness, mm-hmm. and then like a blue energy beam. But yeah, no, it, it it was very difficult to. You're like, what's going on? What am I? Um, but yeah, no, no, with everyone, they've gotten better. And with King Kong versus it is Godzilla versus Kong. That's the problem with having two films with very similar names. Yeah. This new one, uh, every shot, you can see everything. It it really sounds like they listen to the fans because it's Mm -hmm. like the fights are in the daytime. Mm -hmm. They're in a neon city there there's like and everything is so clear no shaky cam you just see this crazy monster action mm-hmm. uh which was great yeah absolutely um yeah especially compared to the last godzilla film where the the climax took place in boston which i thought was a interesting choice like if you you think about these movies the godzilla films they always you know it's mostly in japan but you know they it, they can use it as like kind of an international kind of film. You know, they can travel anywhere. Godzilla travels by the water, so he can pretty much go to any coastal town. And you, I feel like, if you know, you're just in a Hollywood board meeting and you're trying to pitch, you know, the film. It's like, okay, what city should he attack in? What city should the final battle be? Boston. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not hating on Boston. I'm not saying it's a bad city, but I'm, but it's not really one that you would think of as like, oh, that's a cinematic you know, what a gorgeous like downtown we have that that would be yeah. awesome to see destroyed. That's another thing that um, Godzilla versus Kong did correctly. The The final battle takes place in Hong Kong. And while there are fights that, that take place during the day, there's a big, you know, Godzilla versus Kong battle that takes place at night, but it's in this beautiful city. Hong Kong is absolutely, you know, it's gorgeous to look at on, on screen. And like you said, it's all, all the buildings are lit up with neon and so it's well lit. It's at night, but it's still well lit. And you can still tell what's happening at yeah. any moment. And there's no insane amounts of blur. You can actually see the details mm-hmm. on everything, which yeah. is, mm-hmm. it's, that's the biggest thing. You don't want a bunch of blurs and roaring and loud noises. You want to see what's happening. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just like non-spoiler thoughts. I think that um, as a Godzilla fan, this definitely delivers with everything that you want to see. If you're a fan of of Godzilla if you're a fan of King Kong or if you're just a fan of you know giant monsters battling each other I'd say this is an absolutely must watch um as far if you're kind of like on the fence about it if you're not like diehards like us I think that it's a movie that you can still be enjoyable um it's a it's a dumb popcorn flick um that you know, I hate the expression of like, turn your brain off, but it is kind of true here where it doesn't make any sense. It's far more fantasy than it is science fiction, even just yeah. the, the leaps that it goes. Um, you're not going to care much about the characters, um, but it's still an entertaining movie. It's under two hours. It flows. It flows really well. It's got some some terrific pacing at, at parts. Um, so you don't feel like you're in the slog of, of characters that you hate. It's just more like... Uh, these characters are kind of boring, but when it gets to the to the good parts, it's it's undoubtedly a good time. So it's not a great film, but it's a yeah, it's not a great film, but it's a great Godzilla 
battle film. Would you agree yes. with that? I would say it's a good Godzilla battle film. I wouldn't yes. say it's a good Godzilla film, though. Yeah, there is a there is a a, uh, a caveat there. Yeah, which I'm sure we can get into. Oh, we yeah. will. So that's that's our recommendation. It's a thumbs up, I suppose, if that's how we want to say it. We would recommend it to people. Like I said, even non, you know, kaiju. Yeah. <laughs> obsessed people like us. It's it's visually interesting enough, and it doesn't call back to too many things if you don't know about it, where you're going to mm-hmm. be confused about what's happening. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very visually engaging film. Um, yeah. Perfect. Cool. Um, so let's dive right into um, spoilers with it. Um, there's not too much to spoil, save for the ending, but we'll just kind of go through the movie. Like, not, not every single scene, but we'll just kind of do the classic mass media hysteria of just kind of going through the plot of it. Um, so one thing, because we've been talking, you know, Godzilla, 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 all the point up to this, but this is very much like King Kong's movie for yes. for the most part. Um, where you, what are your thoughts on King Kong as a character? I like what they've done with this King Kong. Um, uh-huh. I've seen all the previous Kongs. I never really, even the one that everybody, you know, Peter Jackson's masterpiece that's five hours long. Mm-hmm. But this one, you really empathize with him. and. Yeah. I liked this Kong. I've never been a fan of Kong myself, mm-hmm. just because at a younger age, when I saw there was a Godzilla versus King Kong, I was like, well, Godzilla. But now yeah. that I'm old enough to see that you can appreciate them all, I mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, this King Kong is fantastic. Yeah, totally. I it's funny. It's funny because yeah, growing up like Godzilla, you know, was was my guy. He was that was the character. That was the monster that I liked. But as as sort of like you know, I became more interested in film in general, not just Godzilla films. I, I love the original 1933 King Kong. I mean, that's a classic. The, oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's incredible. Um, the, the special effects by Wills O'Brien are incredible. Even today, the stop motion that he does is, is terrific. But yeah, he got King Kong never really had like the same sort of longevity as a franchise like Godzilla mm-hmm. did. Like it had the original classic. There was a, a pretty uh, financially successful 1970s film with yes. Jeff Bridges. I don't know if people, I don't think people really remember that, but there was a, there was a 70s King Kong film. Um, and of course, like you said, the Peter Jackson one. But the first time that like Kong was kind of, not the first time, but the first time in America where Kong was sort of treated kind of like, you know. Seriously? Well, not, the, yeah, yes, but not necessarily seriously, but I was going to say like treated like a franchise kind of monster, oh. like Godzilla was with, okay. With was uh, Kong Skull Island, which I think is yeah. a, a lot of fun, oh, and yeah. and leading into it, leading into that, into this movie, yeah, I agree that Kong is given a lot of personality in this one. He's you know he's the he's the ape of the movie, so I, I suppose that the the theory is that you know we would relate more to uh, an ape, which is closer to humans than than a giant lizard, which I understand. And so yeah, the movie starts off, and whoever I I've, I'm trying to find it, but whoever played. Kong, I think, did a good job because it's clear oh, yeah. that a lot of it is stop motion. Um, not stop motion, sorry. Uh, motion capture is what I meant. Mocap. Mocap, a la Andy Serkis. Um, <laughs> they, it's just him. Uh, they, it's quite good. And it essentially starts off with King Kong and he is in what we think is Skull Island, uh, you know, beautiful island locations. He's walking around. He's best buds with this little deaf orphan girl named Gia. 
yeah. who's adorable. I don't like I don't like kids. It's rare that you'll hear me say like, oh, it's a cute kid. I'm usually I'm just like, yeah, get him off the screen. Uh, but she's she's <laughs> no, I don't like kids. Uh, but she's she's cute and she's you know she's deaf and so she sign uh, signs using American Sign Language to Kong, and that's a very sweet relationship. And that's kind of the my favorite relationship of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, um, we find out that Kong is in this containment center for reasons the reason really does seem to be um if we release him then king then godzilla is just going to come from immediately which yes. is what he which is what he does that that's one yeah. thing i thought was interesting is godzilla's kind of a douche in this film oh yeah no he's they played him up way more antagonistic in this film he's uh i, I told you um he's like he he plays like a cross between a shark and a crocodile in this film yeah uh, which sure. I love. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get to that a little later, but um, yeah, in the first, and this is very important too, within the first 30 seconds of the film, they establish the entire conflict, why this would happen. They're like, they're two apex predators. If they meet, they will fight. Yeah. And I love that because the entire time I kept wondering, okay, what's going to happen? How are they going to, and boom, there it was. Yeah. It's, I, th- I thought it was interesting. Um, I mean, I, I I like that that setup for it, but even then, it was it was it, it was something I liked and something I disliked. It was essentially I I loved um, you know Godzilla being more antagonistic. That's much more Heisei era, which I appreciated yeah. in the sense that Godzilla would save the day a lot of times in the Heisei films, but he was still not someone to to fuck with like he yeah he was still a villain he was like an anti-hero he was like he was an anti-hero he was a villain that like oh if he came onto shore he will fight with the military he'll he'll mess stuff up um but at the end of the day he will it's like it's really like godzilla's like no only i can can stomp on these cities anybody (laughs) else go go fuck yourself and that's kind of what he was doing here, and which I appreciate it. Which, like, because in the 2014 film, the 2019 film, they were kind of going to the Showa era. Oh, they were so Showa. Yeah, and just like Godzilla's our hero, and he saves the day. And it's like ah, I kind of like him being being a dick. I kind of li- I think he works as a villain. I like him as a bad guy. He's well, it's 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 what makes the Heisei era work. It's uh, he's a force of nature. Forces mm-hmm. of nature aren't inherently good or evil. They go where they go and they do what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to get into the plot, which is n- needlessly convoluted, but I'll, yes. I'll, I'll simplify it. Essentially, you have two teams. You have um, Team Kong and then you have Team Godzilla. On Team Kong is uh, the little girl Gia, which I mentioned. is um, kind of a her guardian, which is played by Rebecca Hall. And then there's this guy named Nathan played by Alexander Skarsgård. Essentially, they are trying to use Kong to find what's known as the hollow earth. Essentially, he has this theory that (laughs) there's this theory that the earth is hollow and at the center of the earth, instead of a hot, you know, molten core is a whole other ecosystem, blah, blah, blah. Very H.G. Wells, very journey to the center of the earth. I'm fine with it, but essentially they need to use Kong to find how to get there, which doesn't make sense because yes, <laughs> just that's it. It doesn't make sense. Yes, um, it, it was. Yeah. They're, they're like, we need him to home in. But my whole thing, I start my my head started hurting with that scene because I was like, wait, you've got 
we're gonna jump a little ahead just for a that's second fine. that's fine because they take him in antarctica we'll explain this in detail later and then they have everything set up and he goes in there and it's like look it's right there what did you need kong for I don't... yeah was it I... they I said don't... they it was like they're like well it's the uh it was what it was the the patterns the instinctive animal patterns like salmon going back to their breeding grounds uh-huh. but why would you need it didn't yeah it didn't quite make sense it's welcome to the problem this film has folks the script is bad and dumb yeah it's it's still somehow less convoluted than godzilla versus sorry the last one godzilla king of the monsters yeah but not not by much um yeah that's one thing they essentially it seemed like they needed to use kong initially as sort of like a guide because it like where the fuck is it how do we get to the center of the earth but that wasn't really the case they seemed to know exactly where to go and it seemed like what happened wasn't explained verbally and it wasn't even really explained visually it it could have just been a simple thing of like there seemed to be like a weird door that opened up for kong as he started going there so it's like if he was like used as the key like the door wouldn't open for anybody else but him that would have been fine but nobody explained that yeah he just groped a door and then it opened Yeah, well, that's the thing is that he he did that, but that was after they were already into the fucking center of the earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's I don't know. Here's the thing: if if stuff like that is gonna like you know ruin your your experience of it, I think that you're you're looking too deeply into this movie because like I know. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you specifically. I'm saying the the general audience because I I noticed that too. It was like that doesn't make sense, but it's like it's one of many things that you're just like whatever. I'll go with it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was way more forgiving. Uh, yeah, with this, of course. Yeah, because those fight scenes. Oh my gosh, we'll get. To, yeah, we'll get there. We're gonna get um, to those. It's funny because the uh, these these group of people, the Kong group, uh, Skarsgård, Rebecca Hall, yada yada, they're likable. They're likable enough. They they're not given much, and I this is one of my big complaints um, with the film is the characters and the fact that they have these two separate groups. Um, because uh, there's another group that's the Godzilla group, and their whole mission essentially is there's a big bad corporation, which is one of the few I think kind of references, not references, but it reminded me a bit of the original Godzilla versus King Kong, where it's essentially like capitalism bad. That was yes. undoubtedly the theme of that film. Similar here where there's a big bad corporation called Apex, very on the nose. Um, And uh, there's a character played by Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta from uh, Get Out as one of the comic reliefs. And he Mm -hmm. he joins up with uh, Millie Bobby Brown, who's from the previous movie, mostly known from Stranger Things, and and the kid Julian Dennison from Hunt for the Wilder People in Deadpool 2. And they kind of go on a little adventure that's pointless, that is pretty much them trying to discover that Apex is up to no good and they have a big bad secret weapon, um, which turns out to be Mecha Godzilla, which was fun. And we have more, th- I'm sure I know we have a lot of thoughts on that, but oh, yeah. that's, that's pretty much it. They don't, they don't really do much in the film. And the idea of trying to have two, uh, comic relief characters was overkill and they they their subplot was definitely my least favorite of the movie how did you feel about them 
yes especially if and they're both in the same group right what oh the the two comic reliefs yeah yeah they're they're together all the time pretty much you shouldn't have two comic reliefs together if you have more than one you should have one in each group so they're both equally interesting and funny otherwise you have an imbalance and that's what we had here it was an imbalance yeah i mean they were fine they were funny they were good at what they did but it was just like you know it was like here we need to have a joke you're like yeah but if you do it naturally mm-hmm. you don't have to have jokes you just have scenes with jokes in them yeah it's it was i agree it was a bit it was too much like i i nothing against julian dennison but his character in this was not just one, yes yeah it wasn't just the uh <laughs> the he wasn't just comedic relief he was the type of comedic relief that's like guys let's not do this come on let's not and it's like we don't need someone nagging everyone being like, yeah. look, go in there. It's like, we're on the adventure. Let's just go. Yeah, and and he doesn't even have an arc. I don't remember. Did he have an arc? No, no. He was just there, and that was his character. Um, so well, don't the go only, there, guy. The only one that kind of had an arc was Brian Tyree Henry, and even then it was like the bare minimum of an arc. Yes. Personally... I don't think that this was necessary. This entire group, I think that you could have cut it. Keep If you kept the movie at the same length that it is now, keep everything with the monster battles and everything, but use that extra screen time to flesh out the Kong group more. Mm-hmm. I think there could have been something there because I was getting sort of like a, almost like you could have done like a Jurassic Park thing there where there, there seemed to be hinting at some history between Alexander Skarsgård and Rebecca Hall that they mm-hmm. never like something like they maybe dated in the past or they knew each other and that was never really explored you could have had a thing where like maybe alexander skarsgård's like you know doesn't like kids but he grows to have a bond with gia or something the little deaf girl um have something because they weren't dislikable and nobody was annoying in that group but it's just because we had to share screen time with the monsters and with a whole other trio of characters it just felt like you didn't get you didn't spend enough time with them and you didn't really care for them as characters it was a, a step up from 2014 which uh-huh. had no characters in it aside uh-huh. from Brian Cranston mm-hmm. but yeah the legendary godzilla films they don't write good characters mm-hmm. this is their fourth film i mean i can't say all of them because skull island i remember being yeah it was entertaining and but, yeah but the godzilla films there's just it's like every time you're just like their characters they have purposes but they're not um yeah yeah they're not they're just kind of nothing um and i'm not saying that it, it would have made it infinitely better but i think that like i said if you just kind of focus the time instead of spending it with three other characters just spend it with the kong team and yeah because like i said it's especially because the other group just really did nothing to affect the plot like it, yeah. it, it except for one th- tiny thing that they did at the end and you didn't need it you could have just you know had whatever so that's that's essentially the human characters and all the way through they're kind of pointless um but the main treat really is the monsters and they 
is it a they, treat yeah and they, they don't they don't mess around with it um they it starts off pretty quickly we see godzilla uh early in the movie as well he's tearing shit up in in pensacola florida um it's he's tearing up that that company that we're talking about their headquarters there apex and they're like oh why is godzilla doing it why is he attacking it doesn't make any sense um we find out later in the movie that it's because apex is building a mecha godzilla which is awesome and yes. Godzilla, like we're saying, is a douche. And just the mere, <laughs> the mere thought that there's another apex predator out there, he's like, I gotta, you know, show him who's boss. And um, so essentially, that's what happens. So the Kong team they take Kong out of his little sanctuary and they're bringing him to Antarctica initially via boat. Um, and during that time, Godzilla, I don't know, sniffs him out. He could just, he gets the Kong vibe and he knows the King Kong's there. He's, uh, he's part shark in this film. So he smells yeah. the Kong in the water and he goes for it. Oh yeah. Kong's hand was touching the water. Um, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. And so that leads, uh, that leads to the first bout between them where Kong is essentially strapped to this aircraft carrier and Godzilla is like, nah, this can't happen. So he starts, he starts attacking him. And so what did you think about that first uh, kind of battle between them? It was well shot, well lit. It was engaging. It was great. It was a throwback to the first battle in the original King Kong versus Godzilla because mm -hmm. he's strapped to the boat and then things happen. Yeah. Um, and you feel for Kong and you're like, uh, Godzilla, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, that's, see, that's what I mean by, by, because like the whole battle essentially accumulates where Godzilla's not even trying to kill Kong. He just literally wants him to submit. And I'm like, just relax, buddy. Like, talk to him. Uh, no, but he, so they, they battle and I agree. I think it's, it's really stylishly directed. There's a lot of really cool shots kind of like, from within the cockpit of Jet, oh, yeah. as you see the monsters in the background, there's a cool shot where the, the aircraft carrier is tipped over, and so it like the whole camera kind of tilts, so it's like you're disoriented and everything. Um, but and like the, disoriented in a good way, though. Yes. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like you can't tell what's going on, like it's root smoke. It's literally just like uh, it's like the camera is strapped to the side of of the ship, so when it gets tilted you feel like you're falling backwards and everything and it's really yeah. it's interesting um it's it's like i said it's beautifully choreographed too just like the way that the battle unfolds um and godzilla just you know destroys like kong kind of holds his own but it really just essentially turns into godzilla dragging him underwater yeah um yeah trying to that at that point it was like he was so frustrated that he wouldn't submit it he's like okay you're gonna die now <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Drags him underwater, wraps his tail around him, and he's choking him, and he's squeezing the air out of him. It's yeah. just like, oh my god! If there wasn't, yeah, if there wasn't any sort of military intervention, because they kind of they they sent like I don't know weird shockwave things to kind of break it up. Um, yeah. yeah, Godzilla would have won right then and there. The movie would have been thirty minutes. Godzilla would have just drowned King Kong, and it's like boom, done. Um, but. Yeah, no, I th I thought it was a great first battle. It's it's like it's already the it was already the best battle out of the God American Godzilla films, and it happened under the first hour mark, and I thought yeah. that was impressive. Let's see, my notes: the first fight was at forty minutes, mm -hmm. which is like perfect. You're like that's when that should happen, and yeah. it did. 
Yeah. Um, it, for comparison, the 2014 Godzilla film, um, Godzilla didn't even show his face until one hour in and then immediately cut away. So you didn't even see a battle. Do you see the change? Yeah, so he's talking about the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a terrific first battle. Um, cute little Jaws reference. At least I thought it was a Jaws reference. I don't know if you caught it. Two. Two, okay. What, what were the ones that you saw? I want to see if we, if we agree. The first Jaws reference, wait, let me see. No, it's reversed. The first battle of Jaws. Uh, first battle of Jaws. Uh, the first Jaws reference is... There's a battleship fragment that snags onto his tail and it's acting like the buoy mm-hmm. going over the water. Yeah. And then the second one was they were using his dorsal fins as like Jaws's fin in the water mm. when he'd go around. I, I was yeah. very surprised. I was like, Spielberg had nothing to do with this. What is with these Jaws references? They, they love, I mean, Jaws, who doesn't love Jaws? Um, but yeah, movie. I i thought yeah the i i could definitely see the dorsal fin kind of mirroring like a shark's fin um yeah, but it, yeah it was i the 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 battleship thing is what stuck out in my mind but like you're saying it got stuck on his tail and it was essentially like a buoy above the water initially yeah. but then he just drags that shit down yeah. and it was a similar kind of like in jaws when he drags the buoys down you're like oh this is a, a tough fucking shark and then this is like well yeah it's godzilla so of course he's it's, it's much bigger um so yeah terrific before before it's less than halfway through the movie and it's not much longer before you know more of this fight or this caliber fight happens uh because from there essentially kong sort of submits he's sort of just like on this aircraft carrier like he's donezo he's done but also i think i can't remember if they signed to him they were like cut all the engines we have to act dead and yeah i I swear i saw i think it was like the little girl makes eye contact with kong through the window or something and then kong's like all right yeah he plays dead and then godzilla pops up he looks around he's like that's what i thought and he left you know again he's just a dick like i said he didn't even technically want to kill kong he was just like huh huh you done you done all right cool and then he fucks off um (laughs) (laughs) so then they have like the the bright idea where they're like, well, we can't, you know, if we start the boat's engines up again, then Godzilla is going to just come and, and this is going to happen again. And so they, in a loving homage to the original Godzilla versus King Kong, they, yeah. they airlift Kong uh, through a fuck ton of, uh, of helicopters, essentially, yeah. uh, to Antarctica. Did you, well, go ahead. The world's largest net. <laughs> yeah. There's so many like implications. Like, how did he get on the net? How did they like? How did they, they just? Mm-hmm. They just had a, a King Kong sized net available on yep. standby in case of. Yeah. Some... Did, did the girl sign to him to like, hey, can you just sit on that net for a bit? I don't yeah. know. So it's like again, it's things like that where it's like you can't think about it because it doesn't make any any damn sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, they take Kong to tank or. Antarctica um, and they're like hey this is the entrance to the the hollow earth your family might be there a bit of um, there was a bit of duplicitousness there that I thought was going to have some ramifications but it didn't because yeah. essentially it was like Kong understandably was like where the hell am I I don't want to be this cold this place sucks um, 
And they were like, hey, go down in that hole. And he's like, uh, I don't think so. And so Alexander Skarsgård is like, hey, little girl, why don't you tell him that his family's there? Like not knowing whether they would be or not. Turns out they're not actually there. So they kind of just lied to him. And I thought that was, there was going to be something where he was like, like yeah. the shoes. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. But that never comes up. Yeah. Um, so essentially they, they tell him that his family might be down there. I like that. He was like, Ooh, and he just starts, he just starts going down there. Um, and then the movie gets weird. And I was <laughs> like, up, up until this point, it's goofy sci-fi. It's silly. It's dumb. But it gets truly weird in, yeah. the, in the next like 15, 20 minutes. How did you feel about the whole journey to the center of the earth? It was fine. Yeah? I... I learned my lesson when I rewatched Godzilla King of the Monsters before this. I'm like, this is stupid. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Just go with it. It's just whatever. My uh, girlfriend even pointed out, I was telling her about it, and she was like, wait, if there's a center of the earth, how are there any volcanoes on the earth? I'm like, it's don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. It there's so many questions um that <laughs> there's no answers to. It's yeah. sort of weird because they say it's like a hollow earth and but it seems like they also go through a portal. Like they go through a weird like dimensional portal. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a light show. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's um, a total 2001 A Space Odyssey reference right there. Th- that is another thing about this film I'm going to mention real quick. Uh, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Throughout the film, you get like Universal Studios dark ride uh, feels through this. Like yeah. there's a few shots, like that's one of them. There's another one where like they fly by Kong's mouth and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm on a ride right now. Oh yeah. Uh, in those machines called heaves uh-huh. that they never, did we ever get an explanation what they were short for? Cause it was like, it was an acronym for something, but it was just heave. Hella like, expensive. Awesome. I don't know. I don't know. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't say anything. Cause um, you will be heaving when you ride in this thing. Whoa. Oh, I mean, they do give barf bags out, so that's true. Because there's a weird thing about the gravitational pool. Like they, like you said, they go through a portal, they hit to another fucking dimension. It seems like in the center of the Earth, uh, where essentially there's like mountains on the ground and there's mountains in the sky. So it's like it kind of mirrors like a Earth sandwich. There's sunlight down there for some reason. Somehow there's yeah. And once you fall down there, the gra- the gravity just inverts immediately. So that's why they needed to have these ships. It's whatever. It's goofy stuff. I liked it. I'd, like that's where I'm saying where like it got weird, and I yeah. was kind of I was kind of for it. Um, it was fun, yeah. but they're like this doesn't. It's yeah. Shh, quiet brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I turned it off. I was just like, uh, no, my brain. I mean, I was just like, whatever. This is this is what's happening right now. Like I said, it's like H.G. Wells's journey to the center of the earth where. It was like early, I don't know, 1900s or 1800s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where it's like that kind of fantasy where it's like, what's in the middle of the earth? I don't know. Dinosaurs and shit, whatever. A world. Yeah, exactly. It's another world. Um, but it was there was some cool imagery in there. Like he fights oh, a yeah. weird like basilisk snake bat thing. Oh, yeah. Which is cool. There's a, there's a film from the 70s called At the Earth's Core. Mm-hmm. This isn't a throwback to it, but 
it's very similarly it, instead of having like dinosaurs like a lot of these kinds of films will typically have dinosaurs but in films like Godzilla versus Kong and at its core you have these weird nightmare creatures which Ooh. are like they were dinosaurs but they've evolved over their own time period yeah and that's what you get in here you get these weird twisted nightmare creatures and sunlight somehow yeah um no i dug them i thought i thought they were really cool yeah. designs they're not in it much god uh, kong you know just wrecks two of them and then drinks the blood of yeah. one of them which was pretty metal i dug that um so he's going around and it's cool like you see you mentioned the world building in our in our chat and I, yeah. I did like the world building like there was cool things where he ran by and there was just a close-up of like these crab-like creatures that were mm-hmm. affected by in his wake and it's little details like that where i was like that's really cool um it's it, there's a lot of imagination that's on display there's again yes. more more like kong jumps in this area and the gravity's inverted again um Cause, and because there's a land on the other side and because it becomes down because reasons um, because reasons yeah and he goes to this area which essentially looks like a king kong throne it looks like yeah. a throne where his um excuse me um his uh his people in ancient times or his other kongs his other giant gorilla family his monkey brethren exactly they they must have ruled at that time there was like a throne he picks up this this awesome like axe which looks like the head the head is made out of um out of one of the dorsal fins of one of uh, godzilla's species and Mm -hmm. it kind of glows blue with the radiation and everything um yeah it's so it's all like it's all world building. It doesn't really amount to much in this movie other than no. just kind of some like cool visual stuff. If and they do, okay. Cool visual stuff and questions that we might never get answers to. Yeah. I mean, like if they're trying to set up for like another Kong movie, that'd be cool. It's like a cool environment. I'm sure that they could find other cool stuff to do in, in the center earth thing for this movie it doesn't like i said it doesn't really amount to much and it doesn't necessarily even affect the final battle save for one thing i was yeah i was about to say it serves as a macguffin for the energy source for mechagodzilla which comes later that's true yes um but but yeah no for it itself it's utterly pointless Mm -hmm. it was how to get kong to hong kong (laughs) i didn't even make that connection um i'm I'm surprised nobody made that connection anyway um yeah it doesn't it does this also this is the one the one big one that like my brain kind of like tripped over but essentially kong is in the center of the earth he finds the he finds the axe which is a cool kind of weapon it's cool seeing you know that's one of the things that separates him from godzilla is that he's dexterous and he can use a weapon so i like that idea it's kind of marvelly kind of thor that you know with his hammer and stuff oh yeah um it's not as magical though which is good but yeah like you said essentially at the center of the earth they find this radiation that glows blue similar to godzilla's dorsal fins um that the evil corporation apex is trying to get a hold of because and then they somehow knew about it right i don't doesn't make don't worry about it it doesn't make sense i know i know but you're right they how the hell do they know that this was there how they how did they know it would work but they get their hands on it and it powers up 
essentially Mechagodzilla because they've been building Mechagodzilla and he's stationed in their facilities in Hong Kong. Um, this, well, he, once he's awakened, this draws Godzilla to Hong Kong. So he's there, he's all pissed. He's like, nobody is stronger than me. Um, <laughs> and uh, the weird thing, this, once again, this is how, how weird it gets. So for a bit, Mechagodzilla, when it was first introduced, was being piloted by this guy whose name is also Sarazawa, which, yes. which I thought was weird. Why? For those who don't know, in the very in the original Gojira, um, the mad scientist with the eye patch that helped save the day was named Dr. Sarazawa. In the American uh, legendary picture one, starting in 2014, there was a character played by Ken Watanabe, who is also known as Dr. Sarazawa as a reference. Yes. So he died in Godzilla, King of the Monsters, both of them. <laughs> um, he died in the 2019 one. And then there's just this other character that's named Sarazawa. Now, it was his son. That's what I figured, but there was nobody really referenced it. And I feel like that they, if you're going to make that connection, someone could have done something with it. A scene where it's yeah. like, hey, don't you feel weird that you're, you know, your dad they could have oh my god do you realize yeah they could have made a scene where you could have been like yeah he loved godzilla more than he loved me or just something like that just to give him some depth just anything anything that's exactly what i was gonna say is that like if you're gonna make that connection do something with it um it especially because you know he's he's an um he's an asian character like give him some more to do especially in a godzilla film um and like you said, you could have had that specifically where like my father died because of his research for Godzilla. There and you go. Their, their whole plan was essentially you know, to build Mechagodzilla as a defense force, which for the most part made it seem like that's not a terrible... Okay, it's a dumb idea trying to make a, a mech that looks just like him. That's stupid. That never makes sense. However, I however, I, I love it. I love it because it's silly, but... It's pulpy. <laughs> the, the company... For the most part, besides having the character be like mustache twirly evil, their motivation wasn't evil. Their motivation was literally like, hey, let's have something defend against Godzilla and all these other monsters, right? In case the events of this third film were to happen. Because that's the thing. The first two films, he's very much guardian of the universe. Yeah. He's, yeah you know, uh, and then this one is just like hey you know what i woke up on the bad side of the bed let's yeah. let's mess everything up i'm gonna antagonize a monkey for a film yeah yeah but just, yeah it is i don't know if this is giving them more credit than they deserve but i mean in the showa era he did have that happen where he would be good in one film bad another i don't know if that's is that a reference is it just because they're like we need to make this happen yeah like i said uh, i i don't mind i don't mind godzilla being you know, villainous. I like that. Um, oh, you're yeah. right. Continuity wise with the other films doesn't quite line up. Cause um, he is, he's like beyond a hero in those two films. Yeah. He's saving cats out of trees and stuff. He really is. He's like, is this is yours. I squished <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, so they, they have Mechagodzilla and he was originally piloted by this guy uh, also named Sarazawa, which they don't do anything with that connection. So they didn't need to call him that. Um, yeah. But it's being powered by the skull of King Ghidorah, which has still some DNA energy wavelength telepathy. 
whatever, man. Doesn't make sense. But I did, in a way, I did like it. I was kind of like when I was watching it, and they were like, the the Mechagodzilla is powered by the head of King Ghidorah. I was like, oh, because oh, that does seem like something stupid and goofy that would be in a classic Godzilla film. It would be in a Showa film, yes. But yeah. the weird thing is, in Heisei, you know, the Heisei era, you had Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2, which had a very similar premise, kind of, you know, company building a Mechagodzilla incorporating elements of Ghidorah but the big difference was they were incorporating mechanical pro you know parts because it was Mecha Ghidorah yeah. that they were taking the parts from here it was just like you're making a referential connection but it doesn't oh, telepathy what it's similar though but it's not here's the thing it's also similar to Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla from the oh, Millennium yeah. series because uh in the the mechagodzilla in that one kiru uh which is one of my i think my second favorite mechagodzilla design mm -hmm. um his his the mechanical body is built over the skeleton of the original godzilla and there there is some weird like you know telepathy shit going on so there's precedence yeah 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 see that's uh, what know, i'm saying you got a you got a point that is more i didn't think about i just remember Whenever I think about that one, I always think this film shouldn't work because this sounds weird building a Mecha Godzilla over the bones of a Godzilla because that's what we're doing. But that film does work. Um, but so I'm just saying there's precedence. I'm, it, I know it's goofy either way. It doesn't make it make sense. It's um, goofy. Yeah. Shut your brain off. Keep watching. Yeah, so essentially it was it was used mostly for this because they they had him they had Mechagodzilla being piloted by this guy originally, but then um, once they got the with the radiation energy that that fully powered up Mechagodzilla, it became too powerful, and the mind of Ghidorah, I suppose, took over. And that's, just kind of yeah, that's what they're saying happened. I. I've rewatched the fight. I don't see Ghidorah's behaviors at all in this Mechagodzilla. No, it's other than the fact that he's just extremely antagonistic. That's yeah. Um, but but then Godzilla's extremely antagonistic in this film. So you're like, yeah. what? It's a mirror image. Where's the where's the Ghidorah? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, I can see that. Um, I it was an interesting way because like Mechagodzilla has had different origins and shit for every single one of his appearance so oh, for yeah. this one where i was like it's kind of cool that it's it's mecha godzilla but it's like king Ghidorah's mind that's in him they don't do much with that premise but it's it's still kind of um i thought it was interesting yeah no it was interesting it just i feel like they should have gone a little farther i mean yeah. re-watching king of the monsters before this Ghidorah would rattle his tail like a rattlesnake it would have been mm -hmm. cool to see the mecha godzilla do that yeah because they've been like oh hello yeah not explained yeah some sort of something that would combine them or, or link the yeah two. just something uh, like a lightning flash and you see Ghidorah's mm. outline that's what they would have done in a japanese film that would have been cool yeah no i could see that do you so so that aspect of it aside what did you think of the design and the usage of mechagodzilla in this movie i liked it and i liked it Okay. All right. Well, yeah, we can. We'll get to that once once he actually like joins the battle. Essentially, okay. my the biggest sort of mental hurdle that I had to go through was 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 what happens next. Okay. Um, because like 
it seemed to break the the film's own logic. Like none of this shit makes sense, but I was riding with it. But there's a point where Godzilla's in Hong Kong and he can feel in the center of the earth that Kong yeah. is is dicking around with 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 uh, that action crap and yeah. I know what you're about to say. So Godzilla just starts shooting his atomic breath down to the center of the earth. And you know, I love Godzilla's atomic breath. I, I think it's awesome feels a bit overpowered in this moment where it's able yeah. to drill to the center of the earth. Yeah. Um, you know, I like it where it's more like, you know, it's powerful and shit, but it's not the like a lightsaber that is just going to cut through everything. Yeah. If it was that powerful, he would have been able to kill so many things in the other films by now. For sure. Exactly. So I thought that was weird, but what the big hurdle for me is that it goes almost directly to where they are yes um, and one i'm not okay well i was gonna say one it, how are they right underneath hong kong they just happen to be right underneath hong kong so that's one that doesn't yep. make any sense two um wh what happened to the portal like you know there seemed to be like a other dimensional portal that that they had to go through where there's a weird light show and they pooped him out in the like i said a different dimension to get there that was just gone apparently you can just drill a hole directly to it you know what i mean did you did you yes. pick that up oh, too? Yeah. yeah you're just like oh well that's what i was saying it's convenient because you're like okay so they went from antarctica to right under china yeah what that it feels like i i got that weird feeling of like i don't know if this is something that that other countries have experienced i think it might have just been like a an it's probably antiquated now, but growing up, you know, there's that, as kids, there's that dumb, I don't know what it's called. It's one of those like urban legends or something. I don't know what you would call it, where if you just dig straight down, you'll go to China. Do you, yeah. know, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah that's, yeah. that's what it felt like, where it's like, oh, if you just go straight down, you'll head to China. Like uh, right there. Right, just right in the, in the, in the, <laughs> in the business district of Hong Kong. <laughs> Okay, so that that was weird. I would like I said, I think I would have been more okay with it if when the humans and Kong initially entered into the the hollow earth that there wasn't a weird dimension portal that they went through. If it was literally just hollow earth like, oh, it's like Swiss cheese and they just go go down yeah. there. But because they introduced that, I'm just like what happened to the portal? Why is why I don't know. I know it's not okay this is not important we're we're finally gearing it just all it's all for setup for what we all came for which was the the proper fight they're on solid ground they're on even ground now it's not you know godzilla on home base in water which kong is out of his depth kong jumps down to the up to get <laughs> into the hole and he pops up into hong kong and there it is godzilla and kong are squaring off and it happens just mm -hmm. what are your thoughts just tell me your thoughts on this the um yeah <laughs> it was awesome uh this the cg in particular here this is what i um it was like 
it's bizarre how the fights especially this one it's like they're switching back and forth between being like stuntmen throwing each other through buildings and grabbing tails and throwing them and then there's like these animalistic elements where like kong is down so godzilla's trying to bite his legs off and it's just Mm -hmm. like the the weight of these characters in this fight you could feel the weight on these and these are digital characters where i was like is this mocap how did what is go because it it was like you also felt elements of like suitmation, which is that's what they call the uh the fighting for everybody who doesn't know the the Japanese when they use the suits for the monsters, they call it suitmation mm-hmm. because they couldn't do stop motion. Um, and that's why they were like, hey, costumes. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, it was spectacular. And what's interesting is it doesn't feel jarring when they switch back and forth, and it, mm-hmm. it just it yeah that's that's what i got yeah no i thought i thought it was terrific it really is like the the type of um, uh hollywood godzilla fight that i've always wanted to see it's it's like um i was watching this other podcast uh, called double toasted and they they kind of referenced they they said something that i agreed with it's like this fight is the fight that we saw as children when we were yes. watching the original Godzilla films. Cause like when you're young, you weren't like, Oh, those are strings. That looks fake. You're like glued into it. Oh yeah. Um, it's only until you're older that you're like, Oh, the special effects weren't that great. Um, so this is really like, it made me feel like a kid again. Like I was, yeah. I, I stayed up honestly till from midnight and watched it until uh, about two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Cause I just couldn't wait. Um, and it was like two in the morning and my, my wife was sleeping and I was just like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Like I was just getting so <laughs> into it. Cause so it's, it really is well choreographed and there's a great like back and forth ebb and flow between them in the battle where it's like Godzilla will, will land some great like punches and strikes and such. And then Kong will do that. And the Godzilla whip out his breath. And so it felt like pretty even keeled. And yeah. there's, there's like two rounds that happen at night. The first one, they even say this, goes to Kong um, because they've shown the shot a million times in the trailers, but essentially he uses that battle axe to absorb the atomic breath energy and then just whack, whacks Godzilla right on the on the skull. Um, and it's pretty brutal. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I agree with you completely about the animalistic nature of it where, um, yeah, like I said, like after that, Godzilla's kind of chasing him on the ground and he's kind of, he's kind of biting him. He was like a yeah. rabbit. It was like a rabid dog. And it was, it was, he was actually kind of scary. And I don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Go on. That's it. No, I was just going to say that um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. The, the CG looked terrific. Um, like there's some really good close ups of them and like the, the skin and the texture on, on the, on the creatures are, are terrific. The the uh, I, I remember now what I was gonna say there it's it's one again going back a little bit to what I was saying is like the fact that there's no crazy amounts of blur or shaky cam mm-hmm. or it's not a thunderstorm or a snowstorm or it's pitch black you can see everything in pristine condition yeah and it's like why didn't you do these in all these films because it looks amazing yeah yeah it seems like in the other ones they were maybe afraid of either it looking too campy or afraid of the cgi looking bad but yeah this is this is it like this this is what we wanted to see again a great idea to have it in this location the because a lot of godzilla fights do happen in cities at night especially in the haystate films oh yeah but it's always well lit and they did that here and having the neon lights kind of light up everything um 
I thought was, you know, I thought was great. Um, yeah, going back to like Godzilla is actually being scary. There's a there's a point where Kong gets knocked down. He's kind of like, Whoa. and then it cuts and Godzilla's like charging at him, and you really like you jump because it's like this. He's pissed, and again, he's not even necessarily trying to kill Kong. Like he will kill him. He doesn't have any qualms against it, but he just wants Kong to submit. Yeah. And they did something that the director leading up to the movie said they were going to do. Director Adam Wingard. Um, he said there will be a definitive winner and there was and it was Godzilla was there ever a doubt in your mind or how did you feel about that outcome I didn't think they were really going to do it I thought they were going to just let you know some sort of like either uh, a distraction or I kept thinking throughout you know until we finally saw things I thought the plot was going to be that the Godzilla we've been seeing was a mecha Godzilla in a, a skin suit and yeah. that's why he'd been so antagonistic uh and then the other thing once things got rolling and i saw it was really him i was like well what's gonna happen is mechagodzilla is gonna step in and break up the fight and then they'll team up but no i was happy um and i totally agreed with the outcome i've always felt like of the two godzilla is the more powerful being i mean he's got radioactive breath mm. yeah that's a that, you know mm fire versus fur exactly yeah they even showed it like um in the previous in the original godzilla versus king kong the atomic breath like i said was powerful but it was enough where like he could he kong could get hit by it and he's not dead he's just like oh shit it's gonna burning me yeah um but he could handle it in this though like kong barely got kind of touched by it and he was like down for the count and in fact he spent most of the time just kind of avoiding the atomic breath so it really did make it seem like, man, if Godzilla just got one good shot, one good shot, it's over for this month. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and the fact that um, Godzilla was showing the restraint not to use it throughout the entire film, it leads credence to what you're saying. Yeah, he was just trying to get him to submit. Just like, hey, I am the apex predator. Yeah, yeah. And to show kind of like, to kind of show his dominance, like he pinned King Kong to the ground. He was scratching at him. With both feet, he pinned Kong to the ground. And one of was probably one of the best moments of the movie is that he's just fucking screaming at him in his face, like, like you're done, you're down. Yeah. And and Kong replies, and in the trailer they make it seem like it's because they showed that that shot briefly, and it made it seem like they were both kind of like challenging each other. To me, it really seemed like Kong being like, "I yield, I yield," like just screaming back, like, "Holy shit, get off!" Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I thought I I love that moment, and yeah, it was it was one of those things where he pinned him to the ground, and if he wanted to kill him, he could have just like shot him in the face with his with his Blu-ray, and he didn't uh, with his Blu-ray play player. I don't know. I just realized <laughs> I said that, um, and so Godzilla like kind of walks off. Kong is like, uh, uh, and he's he's laying back. He can't get up. Um, something else I noticed is that in addition to seeing the fight. They held on the fight. They they didn't. They cut back very sparingly to the humans watching. Well, that's because they learned their lesson from the other films. Yeah, and and the, it's not to say that they didn't cut back because they did. They in every movie does every Godzilla movie. They always show humans kind of pointlessly in the in the sidelines, being like, oh, um, reacting to stuff. But 
in the other ones, it was really like, here's five seconds of, of monster fights and then here's 10 seconds humans and blah, blah, blah. Here, it was really like minutes at a time where they would just be monsters and then they would briefly cut back to people. So it felt much more balanced. It felt like you really were hanging in on the fights and, and, and not just having the, the good parts interrupted. Yes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so going on from there, uh, Godzilla was the victor. The sun's coming up and then evil Mechagodzilla comes out uh, with a really cool red ray death beam. Um, he always has like different different abilities in every movie. Um, yes. In the original one, he didn't quite have like a similar kind of atomic ray. Uh, he had like weird rainbow rainbow eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in this one, he has kind of like a like a the antithesis of Godzilla's uh, blue atomic ray. He has kind of a red laser beam, and he's pretty menacing. And he comes oh, in, yeah. and this is one of the this is one of the nitpicks that I have with the movie. And this is not necessarily a nitpick on the on the movie, but it's a nitpick from a Godzilla fan's perspective. So it doesn't lessen the actual movie. But when Mechagodzilla comes out. I was hoping that Godzilla, because I knew that at that point, I was like, okay, Godzilla and Kong are going to team up to kill Mechagodzilla. We've seen enough movies to know that's what's going to happen. However, I I would have liked Godzilla to have held his own better against Mechagodzilla before Kong jumped in. Because before Kong came in to help, Godzilla was getting his ass kicked by Mechagodzilla. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Um, I mean, I was a little more forgiving because I'm like, well, he just had another. But no, he did mm-hmm. kick Kong's ass very thoroughly in the process. So he wasn't too exhausted from the fight. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I do agree that it should have been a little more. I mean, yeah, it's new technology, blah, 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 whatever. We're talking about an animalistic force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it doesn't ruin the film or anything. I think I think what did it was that there were just a during this moment they were trying to the humans were trying to revive Kong to be like, hey, you got to help and you got to take care of that. And yeah. once once they did, oh sorry, you have something to say about that? I was weirded out by that. Oh what? Well, in all the other films, it was always Godzilla that gets knocked out. In this film, Godzilla doesn't get knocked out really, mm-hmm. and it not something that lasts for half an hour because all the other films he's gone for half an hour yeah uh, in this one i mean they were trying to resuscitate kong he was dying and i was yeah. like wait why are you dying now godzilla just kicked his ass too good his heart little heart couldn't take it and <laughs> and for some reason they gave him like a giant like defibrillator thing, yeah which didn't make sense using like, the heave it's, yeah it's just happens to have hey you can send out electrical pulses with this machine they yeah they did one of those things where like they they had like one line of dialogue early on to set it up that it's like it can it has enough electricity to power las vegas for a day or some whatever the hell and um it was just yeah it's i it's fine i'm not you know i'm not in i'm not a doctor i'm not in in the medicine or anything my understanding is that you don't if someone's just having if their heart is failing you don't just freaking use a defibrillator that's not what it's for it's kind of to like set in a regular heartbeat straight when someone's going into cardiac arrest yeah. but it, in movies it's always like his heart stopped let's use it and it's like that's not what <laughs> they're used for um 
it is a bit of a throwback. If you yeah. remember Kong, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, mm-hmm. he was electrified and that helped him come back in the first film. But there it was lightning, not a ship. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So it is electricity that brings him back. Little but, fun. Oh, go ahead. So random. It is random. Like I, I could take that as, as sort of a reference too. Um, it's an interesting reference, and in, just because in the original one, little trivia for everybody, Andres, I know you know this, but that was originally supposed to be what King knows, uh, Frankenstein versus Godzilla, and um, they, really, yeah, 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 yeah. So they they originally wanted to have Frankenstein, which they did have. They, they Toho was really interested in Frankenstein for some reason. Um, they eventually, they eventually had a Frankenstein conquers the world where he fights Baragon and such, but they wanted to have him in Godzilla versus King Kong and would have been Frankenstein versus Godzilla. And at that scene, that's when Frankenstein would have been revived by electricity, by the lightning in his little bolts in his neck. Yeah, but I think since, that makes sense. Yeah, so they changed it, but they just didn't change that aspect of it. And they're just like, fuck it. King Kong is, is revived by electricity. Um which is something that would go on to become something that revives Godzilla in Godzilla versus the Sea Monster, which is originally a Kong film. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's so wild. Anyway, um, but yeah, King Electricity revives giant monsters apparently. So King Kong gets. Oh, what I was gonna say was I think the reason why I noticed it is because while they're reviving Kong, there's like they're doing like the quick back and forth cuts between Godzilla, and it was just one too many shots of literally. Mecha Godzilla just wiping the floor with Godzilla. We're like, come yeah. on, like let Godzilla land a punch or two. Yeah. But my favorite moment though happened. My favorite moment of the fight happened. Um, and it was Mecha Godzilla wailing on Godzilla, but it was a shot that was from within inside of a building. Mm-hmm. And Mecha Godzilla had Godzilla by the back of the fucking neck, and he was ramming him head, yes. head first into three buildings like one two three and i just thought that was so cool i was like it's it it turned into a hardcore wrestling match yeah (laughs) and then uh so mecha godzilla is about to put the coup d'etat on godzilla like he's opening up his mouth and he's gonna breathe his laser into him and then kong saves the day and kong gets a bit of a redemption where even though godzilla technically won the their battle Kong is the one that shines in this final battle. Oh, yeah, with that axe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he pretty much, yeah, he the teamwork makes the dream work, and Godzilla, like, revved up uh, Kong's axe, and with that, he just was chopping chopping Mechagodzilla down to pieces. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, it was awesome. It was a terrific like, cap, where I think it was kind of best of both worlds, where We've seen before, you know, Batman v Superman is is a good example of two people like fighting against each other, two antagonists fighting against each other, but they're teaming up to fight an even worse villain. Yes. So we saw that, but in this, Godzilla was still able to be the victor, and and they kind of put their shit aside to fight Mechagodzilla. So I liked it; it worked. Yeah. No, I I agree entirely. It was great. Perfect. Um, but yeah, it's, that's pretty much it. They they destroy Mechagodzilla. Um, Godzilla and Kong have like a final stare down, and I think Kong just yields, like he drops his axe, like I'm done, man. 
Um, and Godzilla's like, right. And he just kind of sails off into the distance. Um, so yeah, you have a winner without ha- without anybody actually dying. So yes, best of both worlds. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And they learned teamwork. Teamwork is very important. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it as far as story goes. So yeah, how, again, you quite a big fan of this one, it sounds like. Yeah, it's of all the ones they've done. It's the one that's got the best fights. It's, you you know, yeah. Yeah. This is the first one that I would, I would actually put side by side with some of the best, uh, some of the better Godzilla uh, Toho films. Because like the other two American Godzilla films or the other three, they felt so different. They like just, it felt very much, this is American and they're also not very good. But this one, it really was like, yeah, I could watch this, you know, in a marathon with like some of the Showa films and some of the goofier Heisei films. And I feel like it would fit right in. Like it wouldn't feel like a weird outlier. I disagree. Okay. How so? Uh, well, going back a little bit, the biggest problem the legendary films have is the scripts are really dumb. Yeah. And what separates... This is where I I do start to step back a bit. Um, The biggest problem is these American films, they really do paint Godzilla as just being like, oh, it's a franchise where monsters fight. It's big, dumb fun. And it's like, well, there's so much more, though. I mean, you know this better than anybody else. These films tend to carry important messages. There's, you know, the dangers of man and ecology and, nuclear weaponry and it's it i don't like how these films simplify things and don't try to give you anything uh, aside from the popcorn that's what bothers me so much about it because it's like you know even the goofiest like godzilla movies godzilla versus the smog monster that's an ecological film and Uh this this doesn't carry that which bothers me yeah, no, that's a that's a fair point. Um, there really are essentially two camps of Godzilla films. Um, one is like you said, the where it's it's taken seriously and Godzilla is used as a metaphor for yeah uh, a whole slew of different things. And then there are Godzilla versus whatever, and he, it's just Godzilla wailing on people. Um, and so I, I so I get where you're coming from. I think that I think that Toho has also had plenty of movies where it's just godzilla wailing on another monster like they'll throw in some lines that are just about like radiation is bad it's like okay um nuclear weapons are bad and it feels half-hearted it feels like like they feel almost obliged like well it's godzilla we have to mention that radioactivity is dangerous um so yeah i so i it's for me it's one of those things where i agree that like the americans haven't really attempted a true proper allegorical serious Godzilla film which they absolutely can and should um, because like I said the most recent one to do that was Shin Godzilla and it's it's it was just brilliant it really was like incredible it really was um and it didn't skimp on on the spectacle too there was still you know if you wanted to see some a bit of destruction you would get that as well it just wasn't only about that um, but as, like, I guess for me, I'm able to give the legendary pictures a bit of a slide in the sense that the Toho ones, there are plenty of Toho films where they also don't have much going on under the surface. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah speaking of which i because I, I think that wraps up our our discussion of the movie itself but that leads into unless you have anything else that you want to mention about it uh let me check real quick yeah go for it da, 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 jaws references universal run yeah. well lit mocap nope everything i have is uh, covered cool um so the leading into our final topic essentially which is also godzilla based you had a question about about this and uh, and if you want to read out the question if you also want to give you give us your thoughts on it first that'd be awesome okay <clears throat> so the discussion question i got is the franchise is officially at the crossroads toho has shied away from releasing films as long as an american studio has the rights to the character do you feel or do you want the contract to end so toho can feel comfortable enough to start making films again or has legendary finally found what they've needed with godzilla mm. do you want me to go first or you want to start off with your thoughts i'll let you go first okay i i am sort of of this opinion if if there was able to be a contract or something where Toho could continue to make Godzilla films even though Legendary was also making Godzilla films or if they could alternate where it's like because you know Shin Godzilla came out in between the MonsterVerse being set up to an extent yeah. like just to be whatever um, then I think I would be happy like if there were more MonsterVerse movies that were coming out that were delivering on a lot of the same things that I liked about Godzilla versus Kong I'd be interested in seeing them um, but if that means that we're going to have to go another, what, five, six years without a proper Toho Japanese Godzilla film, I'd say that's kind of a loss for me. Because um, it's like, for the MonsterVerse, there's two movies that I like. As far as the Godzilla films, it's one for three for me. Um, technically one for four, if you include the 98 one, for American Godzilla films. And that's not a great track record. And even with this Godzilla versus Kong, it it still feels like an american film and there's sort of a there's that this quality to all of the japanese films throughout every era that just feels japanese it's that eastern asian culture that that goes through everything just through the the filmmaking style the the language the characters the characterizations the production design and it's something that's that's just lacking it just feels so quintessentially godzilla that mm -hmm. is is lacking even from Godzilla versus Kong and I'm missing that and I you know I I grew up loving the Toho films none of them will you know nothing will ever beat the Toho films for me so if the answer is or if the if the demand is that we cannot get another Toho film if the MonsterVerse is still going I would say all right this is a good place for the MonsterVerse to end um, at least for Godzilla go on doing Kong stuff with him in the center of the earth that's fine. Toho doesn't own Kong. Um, but yeah, that's where I would stand, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm in agreement. Yeah. Because, yeah, I just, especially if you look at what Toho has been doing since Shin Godzilla, they've been experimenting. Once again, I appreciate they've been trying to experiment. They've been doing things a little differently. We got an anime trilogy out of it that was just 
incomprehensible. Uh, yeah. Did you ever see the whole thing? I don't remember. No, I've I saw I watched the first two, and I actually haven't seen the third one just because I didn't really have much interest. Yeah, the the third one is the best one, but that's really not giving it much. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody actually knows what the contract uh, Toho has with Legendary. What the demands are the requirements but um, i just i feel like yeah toho has kind of shut their studios down to let america do its thing and it's like why can't we have both yeah mm-hmm. so so yeah if if hypothetically we were able to get more japanese godzilla films while the monsterverse was going on would you be okay to that or would you just say like even at that point just forget about the monsterverse the biggest problem with the MonsterVerse is it's taking them far too long to do things, uh, especially in an era where we have the MCU, where you get two to three films a year, or you were for a while. Now they're slowing down, understandably so. It's taking them so long to make these films where it's like, you guys gotta what make more, you know, in, in the time they've had this, Toho would have made six films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm just like, if you can you know both please yeah. mm-hmm. or don't yeah just yeah. back to toho because the biggest thing is we never got that sequel to shin godzilla mm-hmm. you remember the end of that film yeah it's it, def- it definitely leaves open a wide door it's one of those things where i'm happy i'm okay with it being a one and done but it definitely does leave the door open to, for weird ramifications, weird possibilities for sequels yeah. that I, I would have been interested in. Yeah, and, and it's like, I don't know if we're ever going to get that sequel at this point. Yeah, and even if they don't do like a, a direct Shin Godzilla sequel, I want to see a new just Toho Godzilla film. You know, like oh, what, yeah. are they, what, what are they going to do? Even if it's like, is it going to be like a Millennium series? Is it going to be like harkening back to the Heisei era? Is it going to be a complete, you know, radicalization not similar to Shin Godzilla, but similar to how radically different it is. You know what I mean? Just like a, a complete reinvention of the character. Yeah. Toho would absolutely take more risks than, yes. than the, the American Godzilla films. Were. Absolutely. That's, that's yeah. why I respect them so much is, I mean, they've had this character forever mm-hmm. and they've done so much with it where it's like, you know, like you have so many different flavors of Batman. You have so many flavors of a Godzilla. You can't mm-hmm. get tired of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think that we're both in agreement of that. Yes. Dope. All right, guys. Well, this was far more than a mini-sode. Um, I'm going to, we'll probably release this in its entirety, but I think, uh, Andres, I'm also going to try and cut this down to a little bit more of a manageable chunk or bite-sized bit. Um, but yeah, this is going <laughs> to, it's going to take me a bit. Um, but yeah, so this is going to go up, I believe, on um, Court Shake's channel. This is, a, like I said, a mini-sode or a special episode, let's just call it that, of mass media hysteria. Um, I'm going to be coming back this weekend with Court. Uh, we're going to have a lot of stuff. I'm not sure what we're talking about this this weekend. Um, not a lot of movie news or not a lot of like new releases or anything since we're already talking about this. But it's going to be a lot of fun anyway, guys. Um, Andres, where can people find you at? Do a YouTube search for Cheap Thrills Unspeakable Terror. You will find my reviews. Uh, Low-budget sci-fi and horror from the beginning of cinema to the modern era. 
Awesome. Uh, it's a fantastic channel. And I don't have a YouTube channel. I'm the outlier here. But I do have an, an Instagram page. Follow my handle at Art of Light and Shadow on Instagram for some fun, uh, nerdy film geek goodness. That's all I have to say. Uh, but yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed this. Please like and subscribe, share this uh, down in the comments. Tell us what you thought about the movie. Did you want King Kong to win? Did you want Godzilla to win? What do you think about the question? Do you want the MonsterVerse to continue or do you say no, bring it back to Japan, let Toho, uh, you know, finish this thing out. Um, but yeah, it's been a fantastic time. Thank you so much, Andres, and we will see you next time. Maybe I